All right, there it is. Day after Thanksgiving challenges. <laughs> Maybe there was too much turkey and tryptophan in our uh, in our equipment. What do you think? Yeah, it must have been. It must have been the turkey and the tryptophan in the equipment? Yeah, for sure. Okay. <clears throat> Welcome to Fighting for the Faith and uh, the day after Thanksgiving with technical difficulties with our streamer and our software. So, you know, <laughs> who, who knew? Anyway. All right. We've got a good show, a good program lined up for you today. We're going to do a little bit of listener email. And uh, as promised yesterday, we're going we're gonna to play us a, a piece from a... The Today Show yesterday on Thanksgiving Day, which already I'm going, why did they play this on Thanksgiving Day? Because the Today Show, NBC on Thanksgiving Day, they have the, uh, they're the ones who broadcast the uh, Macy's uh, Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade. And so you got, they got a pretty big audience on uh, Thanksgiving Day on, plus you got everybody basically traveling to everybody else's houses you know, family traveling, although, you know, with the economy being the way it is, not a lot of people have been traveling. So um, there we go. But uh, so you got people who've been, you know, who woke up at grandma's house and put on the television to watch the uh, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And, you know, with the, the pre-show was the Today Show. And uh, they got a they got a piece on uh, female priests in Catholicism. Uh-oh. Yeah. And you got to hear what... Uh, what these gals uh, were saying, let's just say that uh, heresy may not even come close to describing it. And uh, yeah, I put this up at the Museum of Idolatry. If you want to see the video, you can go to a littleleaven.com. And I think, I, what did I name it? Attack of the Female Priests is what I named it. Hmm. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. And then, we, and then I've got some audio from a conference speech that Benny Hinn gave. He was at the FIRE conference. <laughs> And here's the funny thing. I mean, I found myself agreeing with Benny Hinn. <laughs> well, don't freak out here, folks. It's not exactly what you think. Anything to do with the blaze? Yeah, no, it doesn't have to do with the blaze. It has to do with the. Um, it has to do with that Todd Bentley Lakeland, Florida revival. But I have I have my own interpretation as to why. Uh, Benny Hinn said what he said. I'll just put it out there. Benny Hinn went after the, the, the Lakeland revival and basically called it a false revival. Okay. But I have my own take as to why he was going after it. It's, uh, let's just say that I don't think that his motives were entirely biblical. <laughs> I, I'm just putting it out there nicely. Yeah, you know, just a, a little speculative work on my part. So there we go. Anyway, all right. So we'll we'll dive into that. So regarding um, listener email here, uh, uh, Keith writes. I have I have no idea where Keith is from, but Keith writes. He says I was listening to your show about Karen Ar- Armstrong's moronic statements about religion. Now, see, Keith, you got to be careful here. I mean, oh, I mean, everybody knows that Karen Armstrong's all about peace, love, unity, and compassion, and here you are saying that her statements were moronic. <sighs> Um, what's, what's really funny is, is that I find somebody out there who, you know, when somebody makes religious claim or claim that you can't know the truth or that truth is relative or that, uh, that the true test of a religion is not, you know, not its truth, but whether or not it creates compassion in other people, 
Now, I know that sounds compassionate, but she's not being compassionate to people who uh, only believe that one religion is true. She's being very, um, not very generous, not being compassionate. In fact, she's 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 not compassionate towards fundamentalists. You know, basically, uh, you know, ascribing all the world's major problems to uh, to people who believe in exclusive exclusive truth claims. Yet, if you think about it. Her claim that there are no exclusive truth claims or attacking exclusive truth claims is an exclusive truth claim, right? So you know, it, I always these things are always self defeating. You know, it, it, so one of the things you look for when you're dealing with truth is self defeating propositions. Mm-hmm. For instance, the claim that all truth is relative is a self defeating proposition. Why? Because if all truth is relative, then then we have to have some bedrock truth there. And I guess the only thing that isn't relative is the truth that all truth is relative, Mm -hmm. which doesn't make any sense. If all truth is relative, then there is no such thing as truth. Plus we don't even live our lives that way. Francis Schaeffer pointed out that there's no true relativists in the world. Not, not anywhere. No, how, I mean, we all look at our bank statements and expect absolute truth regarding what those numbers say. You know, if the bank used relative truth as a means of calculating how much money should be in your bank account, chaos would ensue. Okay, uh, same thing when you're driving down the street. Okay, we we have signs that tell us what the speed limit are. Those are not relative; they are actually absolute. Especially if the police officer that's laying the speed trap is using radar. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'd love to see somebody. You know. Can you imagine a, a, a police officer pulling over somebody and saying, I'm sorry, you were doing 70 miles an hour in a 45 zone? And the person saying, well, that's just your truth. That, you know, there's no such thing as absolute truth. I mean, take that to the judge, right? <laughs> judge, you know, listen, what is 70 anyway? That's just, you know, 70 is just an arbitrary number. It doesn't mean anything. And 45, I mean, that's, come on. It's it's just relativistic. Forty-five to you, right? It's forty-five to you is seventy to me. See, seventy is my forty-five. Pink is the new black. Fat is the new thin. Small is the new big. Black is the new white. Right. See, that's how this all works. So relativism is is really ridiculous. So already there's a problem with Karen Armstrong and her committee for compassion in that. She's basically lambasting people who have fundamentalist claims. She's not exactly inspiring compassion for somebody who has exclusive religion's claims. Instead, she's barbecuing them in the name of love and compassion, which makes me go, well, how come she can get away with it? <laughs> you know, it doesn't make any sense. It's, and, and, of course, not a lot of people see this little sleight of hand. It's, it's like a magic trick. You know, anyway, so here we go. Uh, Keith writes, he says, I was listening to your show about Karen Armstrong's moronic statements. How can someone act a certain way without believing something first? She is, in fact, refuting herself by showing that she that that she has come to believe something different about religion and now is uh, reacting to that with her actions and her TED talk. She was she does accidentally make a decent point. Let me say this about Keith's email. Here's the deal. You would expect that the the most dangerous satanic lie would be the one that is so ridiculously outrageous, you know? 
No, no, no. The most the most dangerous satanic lies are the ones where you got the hook. The hook is the poison part, but it's completely smothered in truth. When you go fishing, do you want the fish to think that they're going to be eating a fly? Or do you want them to think that they're eating an oil can? You know, you know, I don't know anybody who uses oil can lures. Instead, they want their fly. They want they use their lures to make it look like something real, something good. You know, it like, you know, don't just never mind the hook. It, it's just an ordinary fly. Go ahead and eat it. OK, so deception is always very interesting because the more subtle the deception, the more dangerous it is because more people will buy it. Mm-hmm. So just kind of a point. All right, so she does actually make a decent point about uh, a mental assent to truth and a trust that cha- uh, that t- uh, a trust that changes your actions. I think that her point. Uh, I think that maybe her point, and I bring up James uh, one twenty six to twenty seven and James two in support of that. James is in fact saying that taking care of widows and orphans is a test for true religion. Now, I here's the deal. James is is absolutely right. Okay, and we are firm firm up proponents of the concept that faith alone saves but saving faith is never alone okay as james says just as the body that is not breathing is dead so faith without works is dead okay plain and simple okay now james doesn't say that it is the only test which karen seems to imply and this is her tragic downfall exactly see here's the deal okay it's not just good works but it's also it's good works that flow from faith and repentance in Christ. Okay, it in other words, if you are if you are a do-gooding Hindu, okay, you know, and you think of you know Gandhi probably sticks out as you know probably the best of the do-gooding Hindus, right? Okay, um, you can have compassion towards orphans and and the poor. And can stand against injustice, but God doesn't see those as good works. Why? Hebrews makes it clear. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, that's trust in Christ. It's impossible to please God. Mm-hmm. So it's only and it's only because our good works flow from faith and they're seen through the cross, literally through Christ's shed blood, that God is even remotely pleased with anything that we do as Christians. And without faith, it's impossible. Not, it doesn't say that it's difficult. It doesn't say that it's hard or challenging to please God. Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So that being the case, you know. Exclusive truth claim. Right. So it doesn't matter if your religion creates compassion towards others. Okay. Objective. If, if at the heart of your religion, you don't believe and trust in Christ for your salvation, then it's just another ladder, you know, to try to somehow earn your way to heaven. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. Whether your heaven is is, you know, somehow with a, a divine monor, you know, monor, uh, monotheistic being, or it's nirvana or Brahma, you know, becoming one, you know, a small drop in the big ocean. Who knows? <laughs> um, still, th- th- those are based on lies, not the truth. So, it's truth and compassion. It's not just compassion or stark compassion. Okay, it's truth and the two go together. Okay. Anyway, all right. So let's. Go. I need to increase the font size when I print these out. <laughs> or maybe you should just wear your glasses. 
Okay, now listen. Just because I forgot to wear my glasses doesn't mean you have to mock me. <laughs> uh, man. <clears throat> All right, some James and are going. All right. Yeah, so Karen seems to imply that this is uh, – this. Uh, it's, it, she sees Buddha as compassionate along with all the major world religions, therefore deeming all of them true. Uh, correct. She does do that. I felt like you could have been a little more nuanced in your answer to this because your blunt refutation of Armstrong might exclude James from the canon, ironically following Luther's sentiments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. M- more nuanced. You know, that's why that's why we do listener emails so, so that I can do nuance. See, what happens is is that when I do my blunt refutation on the fly while doing the radio program, there I use uh, a sledgehammer, <laughs> and then when we do listener email, we go and clean things up. So, <laughs> Bring out the yeah. And by the way, I I do not share Luther's sentiments. I think James belongs in the canon, and you know, and I actually think that James. There's a really good book Peter Scare wrote. Um, is it Peter Scare? Uh, one of the scares. Neither the 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 older I think it's the older scare. It's called James the Apostle of Faith. Great book, great book, and it it puts James back into the salvation by grace alone through faith alone camp clearly, and it does a fantastic job of it. Recommend that you get that book if you're if you think James is somehow uh, contradicting Paul, you're not really understanding what his argument is or who he was writing against, and. Um, the book, uh, James, the Apostle of Faith, is a book that's definitely worth reading. Okay. And Scare, S-C-A-E-R. Yeah. yeah. I met him once. The older Scare uh, was at uh, Peter Bender's, uh, Pastor Peter Bender's place after a, catech- a catechesis conference in, uh, what was it, Pilwaukee, Wisconsin. And um, <laughs> somebody said I should go talk to Dr. Scare. And I went, you know, introduced myself and, you know, and, you know, he he asked about, you know, why I was there, how I become a Lutheran, you know, things like that. And every time I'd say something, he'd go, praise the Lord, man, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. What a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) It's smart, really smart. And what's funny is, is, you know, he's, he's, he has this really bizarre sense of humor. It takes a little getting used to is what it comes down to. All right. Uh, Okay. See. uh, Okay. All right. Also, Karen is partly right when she says that the golden rule is the thread running through the law. Actually, she didn't say that it's the thread running through the law, but you're right. The golden rule is one of the threads that runs through the law, not the gospel. Okay. Jesus, in fact, said something similar, summing up the law and the prophets, but with one important difference. Jesus said also to love God above all else. Correct. It's not just love towards neighbor. It's also love towards God. And that's the full sum of the law. Now, I also believe the Old Testament is about Jesus, but I thought you might have omitted Jesus' statement about loving your neighbor in order to make your point stronger. So thanks for the advice, Keith. He says, now, uh, now Jesus can't contradict himself, so the law and the prophets must be simultaneously about the person of Jesus and the command to love your God with all your strength and, and the golden rule. I think the best way to reconcile this is that Jesus upheld the law and fulfilled it. What do you think? Of course, that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus, Jesus is the one who loved God with all of his heart for us. Jesus is the one who loved his neighbor as himself for us. And what's interesting is, is that, you know, he, he fulfilled it perfectly. So Jesus, you know, in fact, that's the good news is the good news is, is the gospel for us. It's Christ for us, Christ, what God has done for us. And so all of scripture is, is really about this divine rescue. Okay. With the culmination being the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ for our sins. 
Anyway, good email, uh, Keith, and thanks for the advice. All right. The Reverend Fisk writes, and uh, he's from St. Uh, John Evangelical Lutheran Church in Springfield, Pennsylvania. Okay, I get I get several emails from uh, the the pa- pastor, Reverend Pastor Fisk, in, in, in talking about uh, Patricia King. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, we we played Patricia King. Was it on Was it on Wednesday? We played her. It just seems like you know I'm all confused. That's the thing about this midweek holiday thing, mm-hmm. is that it feels like a a weekend, but it's not. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> Just thought you uh, might might like this connection to the waterless pit from P, uh, from Saint Peter. And by the way, Second Peter chapter two, or is it First Peter chapter? First uh, Peter chapter two. Let me find this real quick, so I don't sound completely off my rocker <laughs> or completely old. Man, things don't work the same way when once you hit away. Is it Second Peter? Yeah, it's Second Peter. I can't believe that. Okay. Second Peter chapter two. Okay. It, it, the, the inspired apostle writes, he says, but false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even, even denying the master who bought them and bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of the truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. (laughs) He says context here is awesome. Right. So Peter himself warns us that false prophets are going to secretly sneak into our churches and bring with them destructive heresies. And they're going to mislead people. Uh, Christ's name and the way of the truth will be blasphemed because of them. I, people like Patricia King specifically come into mind. Somebody who has absolutely no problem preaching her own visions, you know, as if they're somehow God's word. And then when she does quote God's word, so mangling out of context, you, you know, she's applying things to us that don't apply. So uh, the Reverend Fisk's email continues. He kind of skips down to verse 17. And he says, uh, these are, these these false teachers are waterless springs and mists driven by a storm. From them, the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. Well, this isn't a very positive message. I mean, what about Patricia King's self-esteem? I mean, don't we care that we, she should have a positive self-image? <laughs> Kidding. Okay. <laughs> for them, the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. For speaking loud boasts of folly, they entice by sensual passions of the flesh those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them to never have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. What the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit and the sow, that's the pig, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire. Notice that uh, Reverend Fisk here is using the ESV in his email. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that means he's pious and sanctified like me. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Okay. M- moving along. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, let's see. Another Patricia King email here. Uh, Stephen writes, and he says, uh, where would we be without Patricia King? 
um, much happier. <laughs> what does this passage make you think about? Suicide? Suicide? <laughs> <laughs> Where would we be without Patricia King? Yeah, I got Josh in, in studio today. <laughs> All right, he, he says uh, we would be we would be one less heretic shorter. That is, where would we be? Hopefully, this was a wasn't a rhetorical question. Your wondering friend Stephen. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I could tell you if it wasn't for the Patricia Kings of the world, which just seem to be multiplying like bunnies, you know, um, there wouldn't be a need for like the fighting for the faith program. We can just go back to just catechesis and be done with it. But um, you know, I guess. I, I should thank I, – I need to send Patricia King uh, an email thanking her for her heresy so that, you know, she's giving me something to do every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes life just a little bit more interesting. Right. It just it just makes life so much better that way. <laughs> anyway. Ay, 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 ay. Okay. So uh, we're going to take our first break. Do what, did you get that new Marty Python? Okay, all right. Well, you know, actually, we've got a new part. We got a new. We man, we've been like prolific in our Marty Pythons lately. <laughs> all right. In fact, why don't I? What, before we go into the break, why don't we play that new Marty Python? Would you call it? It's uh, speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues. Okay, let's see here. There it is. All right. Let me let me cue this up. It's... All right. Now I got to back up. Hang on a second. <clears throat> <laughs> We're having all kinds of technical challenges today. So we've got a brand new Marty Python, and we d- and this one's on speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. Okay, so with I, I don't need to explain it. Just just go from there, huh? I, I guess so. It's pretty much self-explanatory. Okay. So uh, now, since you 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 did this one, yeah. All right. Now, are you saying there's that God can't can't give us the gift of tongues anymore? Oh no no no, that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is that you need to be sure who's speaking in tongues and what they're really preaching on. Right. Well, well we just did it. We did an entire program on speaking, or the whole segment on speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. We read the passages from First Corinthians and basically pointed out that when somebody in church is is, is blathering away in tongues, they are in contradiction and rebellion to the to the clear word of God. All right, without any further ado, we've got a brand new Marty Python Circus Church. We'll put this into the general rotation. So, And and this one's called Speaking in Tongues. Hope you enjoy it. It's... Marty Python's Flying Circus Church. Hello and welcome to Sinners Seeking Truth Institute. It has come to our attention here at the lab that there are many preachers and teachers in this world that speak in tongues. This may not come as a surprise to many of you at all. However, we here at the lab have devised a way to interpret these teachers who speak in tongues. Many of these people that we are talking about include Paula White, Coney Thomas, Kenneth Copeland, Todd Bentley, Kenneth Hagen, Benny Hinn, Patricia King, and many more. Our apparatus used to interpret these tongues is very complicated. It consists of playing their voices backwards, running the sound waves through an underwater speaker submerged in a fresh batch of East India Trading Company tea, while stirring the liquid with a cinnamon stick drenched in Kopi Luwak coffee, and running 666 volts through it simultaneously. Needless to say, there was much trial and error in devising this particular translating device. Upon successfully translating the phrases and sayings of the preachers who speak in tongues, We were horrified at our results. We have done the necessary science and are completely positive that our interpretations are 100% accurate. Here are some examples of the results we've come up with. Normally, this is what you, the audience, hears before translation. Now, 
This is what we've heard after putting it through the translator. Computer translation sequence initiated. Translation complete. According to my calculations, the speaker said, it is so easy to deceive you simple-minded silly people. Don't you realize that this entire thing is a money scam? Here is another person speaking in tongues. Keep praying, people. Malva piombo kaute. Niente minti del metro kalva mu. Pialva kanti niente nel fitri palva kureme. Kanta pialve pilve del metro palva ku. Simeon, let me hear This is what our translator picked up. Computer translation sequence initiated. Translation complete. According to my calculations, the speaker said, I'm so rich, I'm so great, I have power, and you have none. You listened like dogs to this garbage I preach. I lead you away from saving grace and give not a care to your terrible plight. Here is our final example. <laughs> Here is the translation. Computer translation sequence initiated. Translation complete. According to my calculations, the speaker said, Give me your seed offerings. I enjoy being rich. I live in a huge house, and you all live in squalor. I laugh at your stupidity. I can't believe you people actually believe this spiritual garbage. We here at the Sinners Seeking Truth Institute hope that you use some discernment next time you hear anybody speaking in tongues. The best way to know whether or not it's from God or the devil is to listen to what the pastor or teacher is emphasizing on in their lessons. Are they teaching about themselves, wealth, your best life now, your purpose, or Jesus Christ? If it's anything but Jesus, then we believe you have a major problem on your hands. At that point, run. This has been a public service announcement. Well, there we got it. The brand new uh, Marty Python's Flying Circus Church on speaking in tongues. Whoa. <laughs> Somebody wants in. Did you hear that? Uh, yeah, that was a knock on the door. <laughs> Hello, let us in. <laughs> All right. Okay, we're going to take our first break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the, uh, the, the piece, the video from uh, Today Show talking about women priests. And then when we, we're done with that, we'll actually get to uh, our good friend, uh, <clears throat> Benny Hinn. <laughs> and uh, the things I agree with him he was that actually, he just recently said. He was actually one of the guys speaking in tongues in that. I Yeah, that's kind of weird. Okay. All right. <laughs> if you would like to email us, you can do so at uh, talkback at fightingforthefaith.com. That's talkback at fightingforthefaith.com. And uh, we will be right back. Reaching ears are scratched here. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. You're listening to Pirate Christian Radio. We'll be taking your false doctrine now. <laughs>
Hi, I'm Patrick Kyle, a founding partner of New Reformation Press. Just as the first Reformation rediscovered, reclaimed, and restated timeless truths from the Word of God, the mission of New Reformation Press is to reintroduce these truths to the contemporary church and culture. All of our resources are handpicked to ensure that you have the best available biblical and doctrinal materials at your fingertips to help you grasp the treasures of the Reformation and deepen your own understanding of Christ and His work on your behalf. Browse our website at newreformationpress.com. We offer books, CDs, downloadable MP3s, and our very own line of Reformation-themed clothing. Check out the audio presentation, Bible in an Hour. Absolutely the finest overview of the scriptures that the staff at New Reformation Press has ever heard. Also, Dr. Rod Rosenblatt's presentation, The Gospel for Those Broken by the Church. A stunning 200-proof presentation of the gospel for those who have been hurt by the church and discouraged as a result of false teaching. Available exclusively through NewReformationPress.com. Again, that's NewReformationPress.com. The uh, the Christmas season kicks off today. They call it Black Friday, and and, and I'm wearing black. Yeah. You're wearing blue. Navy all the way. Navy all the way. Oh man! <laughs> all right, you're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Roseboro, and I am your servant in Christ. My job is to dish up a daily dose of biblical discernment. And basically ask the question, is what you're hearing biblical Christianity? And let's be honest, folks. Uh, I think biblical Christianity is true, and I believe that all other religions are false. Okay? That makes me narrow-minded and bigoted, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe that all roads lead to heaven. I don't believe that God honors uh, religion, you know, religious practices done in the name of Allah mm-hmm. as, relig- as something done to him. You know, don't, why, why do I have these opinions? Well, because God's word actually clearly teaches these things. And so, uh, as I journey on this lifetime, I finding more and more thoughts that have had to be taken captive and made obedient to Christ and to his word. And so, uh, yesterday being Thanksgiving, one of my rituals is to sit on my couch in my fuzzy flannel, uh, PJ type sweat outfit with my fuzzy bunny slippers on. Oh please! You didn't see my fuzzy bunny slippers yesterday? No. No, oh, you missed them. They're really cute. <sighs> and uh, while sipping a uh, a strong cup of coffee, sitting back and watching the Today Show in anticipation of watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Why? Because I'm just a nerd. Anyway, so uh, as I was waiting for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade to come on. Um, I had the TiVo running. Well, that's nice. And TiVo is always running. If you're watching live TV, you can pause live TV. Love my TiVo, folks. Um, one of the things I really enjoy. If if you don't have a TiVo or a DVR that lets you do stuff like that, you're missing out. I mean, it's like an iPod for the television. It's what it, I can watch TV when I want to watch TV. So if I'm pooped out and tired, don't worry. The TiVo will pick it up. And it's not like programming a VCR. I remember those days. Boy, that was difficult. Ugh. Ugh. No, and and not only that, you can watch live TV while it's recording. You can you while it's recording, you can pay, play stuff you've done in the past. Anyway, I know that's not new technology. So I was sitting there and watching the Today Show, and they had this little segment coming on, talking about female priests in the Catholic Church. <laughs> now, I, 
we'll t- we'll get into the scripture passages to talk about against these things. But uh, as I play this segment for you, what I'd really like you to do is listen carefully and see if you can identify the heresies uh, that uh, these women are spewing. Because here's the deal: I'm gonna make it. Uh, put, I'll put this out there real clearly. I believe God's word clearly forbids women from te- you know, holding pastoral and teaching positions in the church, especially as it pertains to any authority over a man. Okay, I think this, the the Bible's clear. It's not vague. It's not. It's it's not mystical. It's not somewhat fuzzy on this thing. It actually draws a pretty hard line. And um, and so as a result of the fact, any woman who would claim to be a pastor or a priest, um, she's already engaging in some serious heresy at this point and serious rebellion against God's clear teaching, which tells you something about what she thinks about God's word. And wouldn't you know it? It just like ninety nine nine hundred ninety nine times out of a thousand when you got a woman in the pulpit. Uh, she's not only the heresy of her being there is that if that's if that's not bad enough, she's smuggling in other stuff that's just no good, false religion that's going to send people to hell. <clears throat> yeah, I know that. You know, I say that in the kindest way possible too. So here is uh, the Today Show uh, piece on women priests in Catholicism. Now Catholicism has done a pretty good job of fighting against this, and uh, but let, let's it, let's hear what these 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 gals are all about. All right, here we go. Catholic Church is facing a severe shortage of priests these days. The church only allows men to be ordained, but it's NBC's Ann Thompson discovered. Notice it's the church that only allows men to be ordained. How about God? Does God have an opinion? Does his opinion count? No, apparently not. Okay. A small and fervent group of women is determined to change all that. Now, pay close attention. The music and everything like this, this is a puff piece puff piece in favor of these women priests. It's very clear what NBC's position is. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, th- this is ab- absolutely an advocate propaganda piece for women priests in Catholicism. Take this, all of you, and eat it. Do this in memory of me. They are unlikely rebels living Gandhi's mantra. That's a good way of putting it. Rebels. Rebels, yeah. Unlikely re- The rebels. In fact, that's what the word apostasy means in Greek. Apostasy is rebellion. Um, just wanted to point that out. But listen carefully. i got to back it up just a second here because it says they're living Gandhi's mantra, which is kind of funny. Um, she enforces math. She enforces, she enforces. And eat it. Do this in memory of me. They are unlikely rebels living Gandhi's mantra to be the change you believe in. They believe women should be Catholic priests, and today they say they are. <clears throat> they say <clears throat> they are living Gandhi's mantra of "be the change that you want to see." Uh huh. And they believe that the Catholic Church should allow women priests, and so they say they are. Uh, who are we starting with here? Their opinions, right? What does God's word say? We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Jane Via is a law and order kind of person. By day, she enforces man's law as a deputy district attorney in San Diego. But on weekends, she breaks the law of the Catholic Church, serving as a priest. Jesus gave both keys to all disciples. I understand and accept that I am violating the law of the Roman Catholic Church, but I believe the law is unjust. I know I'm disobeying the law, but I believe the law is unjust. Okay, 
Now, what is an, what would an unjust law look like? Okay, let, let me give you one where we Christians would not be bound to uh, obey it. Let's pretend for a minute that uh, that the United States becomes uh, a communist country. And as part of the socialist agenda, they've decided that they're going to practice a, an extreme form of birth control and require it. And that is, is that anybody who gets pregnant... Uh, and and is is going to have more than a second child. You know they they you know they, everyone's allowed to have two children in a marriage. But if they decide if you decide that uh, you're going to have three, then they're going to force you to have an abortion. As a Christian, would you be required to uh, obey that law? No. As a Christian, you would actually be compelled to say, "No, God forbids me from murdering. Therefore, I will not allow my child to be sucked out of my womb." Okay, that would be an example of a law that we would that would be an unjust law that we would not have to obey. In this particular case, she thinks that the Catholic Church has created an unjust law that unjustly forbids women from the ministry. Um how many female disciples were there in the 12? 0? Zero? 0. Jesus was unjust apparently. Yeah, we continue. Raised Protestant, Jane converted to Catholicism at 18. She married in the church, raised her children Catholic, even taught at a Catholic university. So much for celibacy in the priesthood. Ooh. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Not only is she a female, but uh, she's married and has kids. Hmm. <laughs> wow. Uh, maybe that's a whole other issue. Maybe once she became a priest, she had to tell her husband no. Yeah, you know, it. it would be the lifelong sex challenge not to have sex. The lifelong celibacy challenge. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the word is celebrate, not celebrate. <laughs> and, and we continue. All the while feeling women could do more. Over the past 30 years. Notice the sappy music in the background showing that they really sympathize with oh, her feelings. So her feelings. She feels like women should be doing more. Feels. She feels. feels. Mm -hmm. So apparently she's God. Because her feelings are are what the Catholic Church should be should be bending the knee to, her feelings, right? Okay, because it, it, it. I have done everything I knew to try to change the church. I remained in the church. I virtually never missed Sunday Mass or a Holy Day. I oh well, she's holy. She's so holy, right? Because she keeps the law. Oh yes. Yeah. See, that makes her worthy enough to, that her feelings. Uh, are, should be absolutely listened to and obeyed by the Catholic Church. And totally be able to trump everything. Right, of course. Trump card here. Trump card. Yeah, example of a trump card. Folks, if you, you ever play hearts, trump card. Mm -hmm. Now, we play this game at our house called Apples to Apples. <laughs> okay. If you've never played Apples to Apples, it's a really fun game to play as a family. And um, and so what happens is is that you know it, it, there's one pile of cards that are just basically words, and then you try, and then you're given a whole set of cards, even seven cards that have different words on them too. And your your job is when when the when the card is played to find something in your hand that matches up to or logically follows the word that's there. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's there's these wild cards where you can actually you can put whatever you want. Now the 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 word that was laid on the table was the word manly. And so Joshua's trump card is, is, you know, he had one of those wild cards that you can put anything you want. Well, he trumped us all because for Manly, he said. Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris. Yeah. <laughs> See, Chuck Norris trumps everything. Okay. <laughs> Just so you know, Chuck Norris is like a trump card. <clears throat> anyway. So apparently these, this woman, because she's been so faithful and she feels, she 
feels like the Catholic Church needs to change, that she's now that the Catholic Church is beholden to her. They, her feelings trump all of this. What, what would she say to somebody who says, I don't feel that you're right? Well, I have no idea what she would say to that. I have no idea. I mean, one set of feelings you should generally cancel out another, right? Isn't that how that goes? I guess so. Okay, we continue. I participated in parish life in every way I knew how. It wasn't enough. Then she learned of the women priests movement. It began in 2002 with the ordination of seven women on the Danube River. Jane joined their ranks in 2006. What I like to say is that the church has already changed. It's the Vatican that's behind. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, oh darn, I owe you a soda. Okay. Uh, man, I'm telling you, just the church has already changed. It's the Vatican that's behind. Why? Because people had feelings that the church should change. Therefore, because they had feelings and, and general consensus changed, therefore the church is behold. There's no such thing as eternal truths anymore. No. The church argues the reason women can't be priests is theology, not biology. Uh, there and they're right. Bingo. Yeah. It points to the Last Supper, the night before Jesus died. Here, at the beginning of the priesthood, Jesus surrounded himself only with male disciples. That's say right. Not priest. Jesus was obviously a sexist. Apparently. You know, just didn't have modern sensibility. I mean, postmodern sensibilities. Yep. So this, here's the one and only person defending the Catholic Church, and it's a woman, and she only gets, my, I think, five seconds. Here's her soundbite. Legal or otherwise, they just aren't priests because the church cannot ordain women. The women... See, there it is. That's, oh, see, they, the they're not priests because the church can't ordain women. Why? Because God said so. So that's the entire counter-argument they were able to yeah, that, that, in Yeah, in this entire segment, uh, that's, that's the gist of the counter-argument. Wow. Okay, this is, a, this, is, oh, this is like a four minute and 23 second segment, and the Catholic Church, the theological position got five seconds. <clears throat> I wonder where NBC sides on this. I know, I think... It's, I'm, really, I'm a little torn here. Maybe I, I should flip a coin. I know, I know, this is totally not biased. No, no, no bias at all. Not at all. No, this is completely unbiased reporting. Mm-hmm. Uh, whoever said that li- the media was liberal. I know. Yeah. <laughs> What are they thinking? Anyway, we continue. Priests say their legitimacy comes from the actions of a few male bishops. Oh, so their legitimacy comes from some renegade bishops. How about the word of God? Hmm. Who ordained the first women six years ago and elevated two to bishop. The identities of those men still secret for fear of reprisal. Today, there are 35 women in the U.S. alone who claim to be ordained. While the Vatican has yet to take strong action against them. Let them make the necessary changes to become peacemakers. Just last week, it excommunicated Father Roy Bourgeois, a Maronol priest, for presiding over this ceremony last August, raising new fears of reprisal. This is the Lamb of God who takes away the brokenness of our world. Yeah, did you hear that? Here's a female priest, and here comes the heresy. This so she's presiding over the uh, the Eucharist here, and forget the fact for a second that uh, the Catholic Church's doctrine on the Eucharist is off, like way off. The resacrifice of Christ—it's complete abomination. Well, I add to this abomination, though, this concept: this is the Lamb of God who takes away the brokenness, brokenness. of the world. The brokenness. brokenness? What? All right, now you owe me a soda. All right, we're even. <laughs> Okay, soda cancel soda. 
All right. So so here we got where in the scriptures does it say Christ takes the Lamb of God takes away the broken? I thought it was sin. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Okay. So, folks, here's the problem. If you got a female pastor or a female priest, what, would you call him a priestess? We're going back to pagan? Yeah, apparently we're going back to pagan priestesses, oh, yeah. goddess worship and stuff like oh, that. Life. So apparently now we've got uh, a pagan priestess who's basically rewriting scripture so that it's the Lamb of God who takes away the brokenness of the world. Mm. Oh, the world suffers from brokenness. It's broken. We just need to make it whole again. Thank you, Jesus, that we can make the world whole because we're suffering from brokenness. What is brokenness? Ugh, that can be any number of things. It, yeah, it could be whatever you want it to be. Sin is pretty specific. Doesn't the immersion church just love that term though? Oh, they like stuff like that. This exactly. is this is in fact this is very postmodern and emergent here. So, and the emergent guys are completely in favor of women priests and oh, yeah, pastors. Right. Tony Jones said as much on issues, etc. Anyway, okay. So here we've got this female priestess Ugh. saying that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God who takes away the brokenness of the world. There's more coming. Despite those risks, Jean Marchand continues to lead a Catholic community outside Boston. This married mother and grandmother uses a Protestant... Married mother and... Man, these, not only can you be female, you can be married if you're a woman. Wow. It makes all, I bet that makes all the child molesting males in, in the Catholic Church really jealous. Never mind. That was really... <laughs> Post-production work? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, here's the deal. I'll be the first to say this. Okay. Let's make this clear. The unbiblical practice of celibacy in Catholicism has created and confounded the problems that they're having regarding molestations and things like that in the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, serious. It's just, you know, nowhere in Scripture is it required for a uh, a pastor to be celibate. In fact, when we get to talking about the limitations of the pastorate to men, we're gonna li- we're gonna we're gonna list one here that actually shows that uh, that uh, marriage. Is you know it was completely understood as one of the things that happens with pastors. Celibacy is a is an absolute man made thing foisted on the on on the priesthood in Catholicism, and it's unnatural and it's creating the problems that they have. It's abnormal. Yeah, it's abnormal. All right, we continue. Church, because no Catholic church will give her a home. At first glance, these services look like traditional masses, but listen closely. Our Father and Mother who art in heaven. Whoa. Uh, uh. Yeah, they bring with them a false doctrine and heresy. So we got Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the brokenness of the world. And now when they're saying, saying the Lord's Prayer, it's our Father and Mother in heaven. Where in Scripture does it say that God revealed himself as Mother? Uh, nowhere. Right. <laughs> so here we got NBC uh. celebrating all of these women. You know, obviously coming down on their side and their plight to be, you know, and, and how unfair the big bad boys in the Catholic Church are. And what are they do, bringing with them? Rank heresy. Yeah. Last, last time I checked, I think Jesus was, um, what was it? What's the term for it? Um, Circumcised. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Jesus had male plumbing and he's God in human flesh. But what do we know? We continue. The prayers include both male and female imagery, reinforcing what the women say is God's notion of equality. Really? Where do you get God's notion of equality? It's not in the scripture. You're just basically inventing that, making it up in your head, and then foisting it and uh, on the scripture. Feminism. Yeah, exactly. Rank 
heretical feminism. I think simply by being who I am and living in this body that God has given to me, I think that opens doors for people where they feel that they will be heard in a way that they haven't been heard before. Jean, do you consider yourself a good Catholic? I do. Yes, I do. Even though you're a woman acting as a priest and the Catholic Church says you can't be a priest. Well, I'm back to two things. Tradition. Uh, God says. But listen to her answer to this question. Let me back this up. Thanks. Tradition and conscience <laughs> in this body. That yeah, God you got to hear this. You got to hear this. I think that opens doors for people where they feel that they will be heard in a way that they haven't been heard before. Jean, do you consider yourself a good Catholic? I do. Yes, I do. Even though you're a woman acting as a priest and the Catholic Church says you can't be a priest. Well, I'm back to two things, tradition and conscience. (laughs) And my tradition teaches that conscience is paramount. And so I'm following my conscience. Oh, tradition and conscience. How about sola scriptura? (laughs) Where did that go? (laughs) It doesn't exist in the Catholic Church. Okay, so that's the sticky little wicked. I mean, you got the Catholic Church pointing to tradition and conscience. And so apparently this woman has foisted her conscience above tradition, and where's the word of God as a rule? It's non-existent. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, this would, you know, just a little bit of Bible would clear this problem right up. So you can actually blame the Catholic Church for this problem because they don't believe in Sola Scriptura. In part, yeah. Well, she's just being creative. Oh, yeah, of yeah, course. Of course, it's the big, mean, old, uh, male-dominated Catholic Church. Oh, no. All right, we continue. For many of her congregants, like Jamie George and her husband Jim Fitzgerald, they say they cannot worship in a place that excludes. Oh. oh now, no. this, this is one of her congregants that attends her church. Why? Because they cannot attend a worship service where people are excluded. I welcome everyone, and I feel like my church should be the same way. I would feel. I feel like. I feel like. See, I feel, you know, I feel like that. So what here? What's what is the measure of truth here? What this woman feels, you see, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> no scripture. It doesn't matter what you feel. I'm sorry. Your feelings could be wrong. What, what's that one saying? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm-hmm. OK, who cares what you feel? Your feelings don't amount to a hill of beans if your feelings contradict the word of God. Our feelings are coming from a broken body uh, racked with sin. Right, exactly. The heart is deceitfully wicked, the scripture says. Mm -hmm. Who can can trust it? No one. (sighs) All right, we continue. Like such a hypocrite if my church didn't welcome all that I loved. Whether considered trailblazers or heretics, these women hope someday their gender will no longer be an issue. And all that will matter is their faithfulness to God. Well, they're not faithful at all. <laughs> How could you say that you're faithful to God if you deny his word, exalt your feelings above his word, basically making yourself out to be a little goddess, mm-hmm. and in your, you're in open rebellion to what he's established? This is what I call pumpkin patch theology. Yeah. How do you? How are you defining faithfulness again? Sincerity or <laughs> <laughs> words have lost their meaning. Seriously. Anyway, all right. So there, there you have it. Um, For today, Ann Thompson, NBC News, Weston, Massachusetts. So there, we've got um, this piece from uh, the Today Show that clearly comes down on the side of these, these ex, these these poor victim women priests i mean they feel that they should be allowed to be in the ministry and 
and therefore, you know, the church has got to change its position. And and obviously, you know, the Today Show has come down in favor of, you know, of letting us know about their plight, their struggle, their fi- I mean, this is this is the uh, this is the civil rights uh, issue of the day. Uh, women priests, married women priests. <laughs> ay, 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 ay. We, we come back. We're actually going to read a little bit of scripture and talk about what God's word has to say about this. And um, so that you're, I'm not just giving you my feelings on that. God, that wouldn't be fair. I mean, no, no, no. <laughs> so anyway, if you would like to uh, email me and let me know why you think your feelings should be uh, something that we should all bow, bend the knee to, talk back at fightingforthefaith.com. It's talk back at fightingforthefaith.com. We'll be right back. If you think God is a black woman named Papa, then you need to get out of the shack and read your Bible. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. I've had enough of this sissy, pansy, cunning, photo-written music you have the audacity to call worship. Men, put this entire girly praise band in the boo box. Let's wheel in the organ and get some real worship music underway. Ye be listening to Pirate Christian Radio. My local Christian bookstore just sells Jesus schlock. Where can I find good material? We at NewReformationPress.com are committed to providing a hand-picked selection of books and teaching materials that educate, inform, and entertain while uniquely maintaining a relentless focus on the gospel. We believe that these forgotten doctrines and their scriptural emphases can not only enrich individual Christians and revive the church, but also address the deepest needs of our culture. Discover our growing library of resources by Dr. Rod Rosenblatt of the White Horse Inn radio program, including his powerful address, The Gospel for Those Broken by the Church, available exclusively at NewReformationPress.com, or the big-picture audio presentation Bible in an Hour by Pastor Wade Butler. Learn the center and scope of redemptive history and scripture in just one hour. And of course, be sure not to miss our selection of t-shirts, gifts, and artwork as well. NewReformationPress.com. Finally, Reformation Theology made accessible. Uh, That's some pretty mean air guitar you're playing there, Josh. Alright, you're listening to Fighting for the Faith, and we're in the middle of talking about uh, women in the priesthood or pastorship. Like, if you're pro- you're Protestant, we'll just say women pastors. Pastrix? Pastrixes, yeah. Pastrixes. 
<laughs> right. Just a reminder, folks. Uh, Pirate Christian Radio, which is the station that, uh, that where Fighting for the Faith airs. If you want to support Fighting for the Faith, the way you do so is by supporting Pirate Christian Radio. And uh, we need you to to consider partnering with us. Actually, more than consider it, we actually would like you to do it. <laughs> yeah, you can do that by uh, sending your financial uh, gift to our mailing address at Pirate Christian Radio, Post Office Box seven nine one S J C, California nine two six nine three. And for every ten thousand dollar seed offering, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, that's, that's a joke. Terrible oh, joke. My. Oh, well, what we can promise you, though, is we're going to give you good theology 24-7. That's right. Good theology 24-7. That we can, that we can do. We, we'll continue giving you Christ and him crucified, giving you the gospel, and challenging the crazy stuff that's going on out there in the name of uh, Christianity here in these bizarre kind of apostate last times. Anyway, um, moving on, it, moving, continuing on with our discussion here about the women in the, in the priesthood, let me uh, read to you. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 through 14, okay? Paul says this about women in church. Let a woman learn quietly and with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Now, notice Paul's argument here isn't, this is my opinion, Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says women are not to be an authority over a man. Why? He goes all the way back to creation. Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Going all the way back to that point. So here's the deal. Scripture's clear. Women are not to be in authority over men in the church, period. You don't like it? Take it up with God. After you win that argument, come talk to me. Yeah. Plain and simple. Now, there's another one here. First uh, Timothy chapter 3. Okay, so we're in First Timothy uh, chapter 3, starting verse 1. This, the, the saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, then he desires a noble task. Overseer is like a pastor. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach. The husband of one wife. <clears throat> sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, and able to teach. Husband of but one wife. Hmm. So if you want to be an overseer, which is the biblical equivalent of a pastor, then uh, you have you know you can't have more than one wife. That kind of dictates. Uh, hello. Um, men are the only one who have wives. Pretty simple. This also kind of gets rid of that whole goofy celibacy thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Really, it doesn't say they can't be married. It says that uh, they should only be married to one woman. Okay, well, definitely one at a time. <laughs> yeah, here's the deal. Okay, if, who's ruled out? Okay, women are ruled out from this passage. Uh, people who are not self-controlled or respectable or hospitable or drunks—they're they're they're ruled out. They can't be violent. They need they need to be gentle, but not quarrelsome, quarrelsome or a lover of money. Those people are ruled out. Okay, so women are ruled out, uh, polygamists are ruled out, and I would and I would argue, you know, men who have, uh, let's say, uh, sexual morality problems, you know, a guy who's, you know, cheated on his wife and gotten married to, you know, the gal he was cheating with. I mean, that that qualifies. But a guy whose wife has 
um, has cheated on him and, and you know, there's been a divorce, he's still qualified for the for for being a pastor. Or you know, he was a widower and got remarried. He's still qualified. The idea here of one one wife has to do with, you know, doing it right. Okay, that there's not there's not some kind of a sexual moral issue. Mm-hmm. This all this is also cross referenced in Titus Titus chapter one. This is why I left you in Crete so that you might be, you might put what remained in order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife and his children are believers and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above uh, must be above, above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy. For game, but hospitable and a lover of the good. So here again, and you know, Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, talking about someone who is to be a pastor or an overseer, husband of but one wife. It doesn't say spouse of just one spouse. No, it doesn't say his or her. Right. It's, women are not inter- You can't stick a woman into this thing. It does. It doesn't fit. So the scriptures clearly forbid a woman from being a pastor. And the, the, uh, Jesus himself had no ma- uh, female disciples that w- went to the apostleship. Okay, this was all men. And why? Christ, if he wanted women, could have picked women. Okay? Being God in human flesh, he could have done whatever he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Okay? He wasn't beholden to any person or culture or any po- po- you know, particular norms. He, Jesus didn't give a wit about that stuff. Okay? But Jesus, who is God in human flesh, circumcised on the eighth day of the tribe of Judah, man, um, chose men to go out. Now, you may not like it. It might hurt your feelings. Too bad. Your feelings are wrong. You need to bend the knee to God's word. Repent and believe the good news and believe what God has said. Your mind needs to be transformed by Scripture, and the Scripture is in no, no need of being transformed by you. In fact, if you're engaging in that, there's a supreme problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, that's not to say that women don't have important roles in the church. They do. Okay. But they're not allowed to be in a position of authority over a man or to teach, especially men. This is simple. Okay. I know that's might, you know, probably losing listeners by the minute. I can feel them all dropping away like flies. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Anyway, so we're going to move on to Benny Hinn. This one's weird. This next segment's weird. Why? Because I find myself strangely agreeing with Benny Hinn. But uh, I'll explain why why I think he's doing what he's doing here in a a little bit. So uh, this is Benny Hinn from uh, uh, the, the recent Kentucky Fire Conference. This isn't for firefighters. It was for apparently those who believe in charismatic Pentecostal gifts. And Benny Hidwin's one of the uh, the speakers at this uh, this fire conference, and he's going after in this. You're going to hear him literally. I'm I'm seriously going after uh, Todd Bentley and the Lakeland uh, revival. Okay, if you can even call it that. But I think this is a supreme case of the pot calling the kettle black. Um, and which makes me go, okay, why is he doing this? Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, we'll, 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 let's listen to this for a little bit, and then we'll all pontificate and wax eloquently on it as, as it goes. Let's join the audience at the Kentucky International Convention Center in Louisville as Pastor Benny begins this most important message. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 24. I want to read verse 4 and 5. Now, we all are hungry for the anointing of God. We all want... To see the Lord use us mightily in these last days. 
and that is going to happen. That's not from the passage, but uh, we continue. But precious people, there's something that that is uh, worrying some of us ministers and believers. Worrying some of us ministers? We'll get back to why I think he's really worried here in a minute. And that is uh, false revivals. Apparently his is a true revival. So Pastor Benny Hinn here is uh, speaking against false revivals. We'll let that go for a minute. Just let's continue because you... false so-called revivals. There are pastors here today that know what I'm talking about. A few days ago, I heard about something happening in a city. That would be uh, Lakeland, Florida. He'll talk about it in a minute. He's just being nice to start off with. He's, so he's going after false revivals. And here's the funny thing. He's using the Bible to do it. And to which I have to say, you know, hey, this is actually a pretty good biblical teaching we're going to hear here. Mm-hmm. But remember the source. This is Benny Hinn. <laughs> that people just go for because they really think it's God. <laughs> that they think it's God and God has nothing to do with it. Let's understand that the anointing of the Holy Spirit is precious and priceless. It is not cheap. Not sure where he's getting that from, from the Bible, but sure, I'll just go with it for the sake of going for it right now. It's not to be displayed with foolishness. You want... It's not to be displayed with foolishness. Oh, man. Okay, got to stop for a second here. Uh, have you, if you, uh, we'll, I'll put a link up to it, fightingforthefaith.com. There's a YouTube video. It's called Let the Bodies Hit the Floor. <laughs> and uh, we got the Benny Hill. You know, we, we got bet where all these displays of foolishness. Somebody had taken some video of uh, Benny Hinn's crazy escapades that occur at his so-called revivals. You know, people falling on the floor, writhing about on the stage and all this kind of stuff. And apparently that's not foolishness. Okay. Yeah, we'll put a link up to it at Fighting for the... It doesn't make for good radio, but if you saw it, you go, okay, what is he talking about here? But anyway, we continue. The real anointing, don't you? Now, Matthew 24, verse 4 declares, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Again, verse 5, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Look at verse 11. The scriptures go on to say, and many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. Look at verse 20. This is Benny Hinn preaching on this text. I'm a... I, I'm watching this with my jaw on the floor, wondering if like there's going to be a wormhole in space created, and the whole space-time continuum thing is going to actually get into some kind of a loop, and there'll be an explosion. I mean, the whole world could come apart at this point because of what I'm hearing here. Benny Hinn preaching against deception. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, before, before, in fact, let's, this would be a good little segue here for a second. Before I continue on with this little segment of Benny Hinn preaching against deception, let's consider the source here, okay? Benny Hinn, this is the man who on New Year's Eve 1989 prophesied that Fidel Castro would die in the 1990s, okay? You don't believe me? Here's the audio. Expect of me, Fidel Castro will die in the 90s. Oh, my. Some will try to kill him and they will not succeed. But there will come a change in his physical health and he will not stay in power. And Cuba will be visited of God. There it is. Okay, that's Benny Hinn. What he said, and it was a little hard to hear, on December 31st, 1989, uh, at the Orlando Christian Center, uh, Benny Hinn prophesied falsely. He says, the spirit tells me Fidel Castro will die in the 90s. Oh, my. Some will try to kill them and they will not succeed, but there will come a change in his physical health, health and he will not stay in power and Cuba will be visited of God. It is 2008 and Fidel Castro, his health ain't so good, but last time I heard he's breathing. Okay, death requires you to stop breathing. Assume room temperature. Yeah, you you stop breathing and you assume room temperature. That's how how it happens. So this is this man is a false prophet. Let me give you another one here. Um, this is Benny Hinn's false prophecy regarding homosexuals. Okay, again from the same thing, Orlando Christian Center, December thirty first, nineteen eighty nine. Benny Hinn said this prophecy about homosexuals in the United States. The Lord also tells me to tell you in the mid-90s, about 94, 95, no later than that, God will destroy the homosexual community of America. But he will not destroy it with what many minds have thought him to be, it will destroy it with fire. And many will turn and be saved. And many will rebel and be destroyed. All right, so there it is. Orlando Christian Center, December 31st, 1989. Benny Hinn saying that the Lord is, by the mid-1990s, 94, 95, no later, that God will destroy the homosexual community in America and he will destroy it with fire. Hmm. Does any of this ring any bells? I mean, can anyone point me to which news event this was? Okay, okay, we're talking about somebody who, according to Scripture, clearly is a false prophet. Because if you claim to prophesy by the Spirit of God, and the thing that you claim is going to happen doesn't come to pass, then you are a false prophet. Okay, back in, is in the time of Israel, the nation of Israel... God basically said, if somebody does this, you are to take them outside of the city's gates, throw rocks at them until they stop breathing, and assume room temperature. Because that's what death means. So capital punishment was um, practiced in in olden times on false prophets. So consider the source here. We're hearing Benny Hinn speaking against deception in the church, and it is clearly, undeniably a fact that he is a false prophet. Okay, which basically begs the question, why is he preaching this thing about deception? 
We'll get to that in a minute. Let's continue. So this is this is back to this fire uh, conference in Kentucky. Word of God declares this warning, and there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, which you are one, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. It's amazing to me that the Lord mentions deception four times in one chapter. How can he read this and not think about himself? He warns us against deception. Now, if any one of us shrugs off this warning or treat these warnings lightly, we do so at the risk of our own souls. And to which I would say, amen. He's, he's right. <laughs> I find myself strangely agreeing with Pastor False Prophet Betty Hinn. This is coming from the Son of the Living God who says, I warn you, in the last days, they will arise false prophets. Which we've already established that you are one of them. With signs and wonders that will deceive many. I'm going to be very bold with you. Please, be bold. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> there was a so-called revival recently in Florida that was not a true revival. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we have the false prophet, Benny Hinn, claiming that the Florida revival was not a true revival. This is humor that you cannot write. I mean, this is irony of the bizarrest kind. We continue. That was not a move of God, and thousands of people flew from all over the world believing God is in it. And I'm glad, thank God, for the assemblies of God who stood against it and said it's not a real move. Somebody had to say something about it. Now, precious people, I think it's time you understand. You know, he's right. It wasn't a true revival. So he's telling us the truth. I mean, I, it's really rare to hear Benny Hinn speaking so much truth. Not every evangelist is a true servant of God. Amen. Because mm -hmm. you're, you're a false prophet. Mm -hmm. And not everyone who mentions the name Jesus is a servant of God. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. yeah, amen. And how sad that you're a false prophet and, and you're signs and wonders happen in the demonic realm also. Yeah, and amen. He's right. I mean, can you believe that Benny Hinn is preaching so much truth here? Oh this is I I'm afraid that the world is going to literally explode. You know, this could be like when matter, matter and antimatter come together. That, you know, who knows what could happen here? Were people going to uh, Todd Bentley's uh, revival more than his? Oh, now see, now you're, you're touching on the potential oh. problem here, why he may be speaking against this. Yeah. We'll talk, uh, well, the, okay. that's kind of a hint, but just, you okay. don't, let's not let that cat out of the bag. Let's okay. bury it in the yard first. Okay. <laughs> just because people fall under the power, it doesn't mean it's God. 
Amen. Amen. In Israel, there is a sect. In Judaism, mystical Judaism, where people fall under so-called power. It's nothing to do with God. People do even in certain religions. Taken over by some power. Be careful. The greatest danger in this end time is not poverty, it's not sickness, it's not even persecution, it's deception. This is a great sermon. He's right. <laughs> Consider the source. <laughs> He's he's spot on, just absolutely killing. He's right. He's absolutely right. Now remember, we've already played two pro false prophecies regarding Benny Hinn. In 1989, he claimed that Fidel Castro would die in the 90s, and he claimed that God would destroy the homosexual community in America by fire no later than 94 and 95. Okay, and he's sitting here arguing that the greatest pro the greatest danger in the church is deception. Just a reminder here, um, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 18 establishes the fact that he's a false prophet. Deuteronomy 18.21 says, And if you say in your heart, how may we know the word that the Lord has not spoken? The answer that God gives is says, When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken the prophet has spoken presumptuously, and you need not be afraid of him. He is a false prophet. Okay? So there it is. Okay? So uh, apparently Castro's still alive, and uh, the homosexual community has not been destroyed by fire. So what is Benny Hinn? He's a false prophet. And here's this false prophet telling us the greatest danger in the church is deception. This is crazy. And if anyone here says, it cannot happen to me, I am immune from deception. There's the other. Everyone there who's listening to him, who follows him, um, has already been ensnared by deception. If anyone here will, will, will say, well, well, it'll just never happen to me, then you're deceived already. Uh, the, the, the irony is they're already deceived. Jesus warns of deception to his own people. Four times in one chapter he says, I warn you against deception. Now, signs and wonders do not determine truth. Amen. He's, he's spot on here. I've never said amen more times to anything Benny Hinn has said. Then I have this little sermon thing or conference speech, whatever it is. It, it, but remember here, this is not his normal crowd. This is He's a conference speaker at a charismatic Pentecostal conference. So there's people there from all stripes from the charismatic community, not necessarily the TBN followers that, that you, know, fall, you know, fall on his every word. But let's continue. I, I'm going to say it again. Signs and wonders do not prove what is being preached is truth. They don't determine truth. Amen. You're right. We need signs and wonders, but we need signs and wonders based upon the truth of the Word of God. I don't think we necessarily need them, but continue. 
signs and wonders given by the Holy Spirit are based and founded upon the truth of the Word of God. Yeah, that's right. They buttress the message of Christ crucified for our sins. Never forget, truth is already established. We do not need to establish truth by signs and wonders. Truth is already established. Did you hear what I said? Yeah, I heard you. We're all listening. Thanks. Say truth is established. Yeah. The truth is the word of God. It's already established. It's written. It is permanent. And Again, I find myself strangely... A Agreeing with Benny Hinn here. Hmm. Huh. Signs and wonders do not establish truth. Truth is established already. Jesus said in John 17, verse 17, these words, Mr. Barak, Sanctifi Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. That's it. Great passage. Sanctify him through your truth. Thy word is truth. How does God sanctify us? Through his word, the truth, right? Okay. Again, I strangely find myself agreeing with Benny Hinn here. I'm afraid the world is going to collapse upon itself and disappear in a puff of smoke. Thy word is truth. In other words, truth is already established. You don't need signs and wonders to prove you're telling the truth. The truth is already established. Thy word, he said, is truth. Some you think maybe he's been listening to Hank Hanegraaff? 119 verse 89, Jim. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is settled. You don't need to show signs and wonders to prove the word of God is the word of God. The Word of God is already established. Now, signs and wonders can be dangerous when people believe a lie. Again, I agree. <laughs> Consider the source, though. Wow. See, I believe that true signs and wonders are about to be released. Oh, really? I believe. I believe. That's him. Uh, God's word doesn't say that. He just, uh, you were doing so well, Benny. But let's continue. That we are going to see manifestations of the Holy Spirit we've never seen before. But we must get back to the Bible. Well, I agree with you. we got to get back to the Bible. A great sermon so far. Never thought I would hear Benny Hinn. Just, I never thought this would happen. This is bizarre. But there's a reason for it. We'll talk about that. Now, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9 through 11. Mr. Barak, please, if you will. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 9, 10, 11. The Bible tells us that signs and wonders can be dangerous when people believe a lie. When they dismiss the truth of God's word and believe things they hear just because somebody says, I have a, I, I have a healing ministry. 
I, I, I have a ministry of the signs and wonders or the miraculous. The supernatural does not prove or determine truth. Amen. Amen. How weird that I'm I'm feeling icky. Rubber. <laughs> I'm going to have to go take a shower after this just because I'm feeling so icky because I'm agreeing with him. It's the other way around. What is that man preaching? Right on, right on. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of truth does he know? Right, like, you know, that God's going to destroy, kill Castro in the 1990s and destroy the homosexual community by no later than 94 with fire. That didn't... If I ever stood on a platform and said, I have been to heaven and seen Jesus leave my meeting. Well, how about if you ever prophesied that Castro would die in the 90s and he didn't? Should we leave then? If I've ever said that angels talk to me on a daily basis, leave the service. Well, how about if you said that God was going to destroy the homosexual community with fire no later than 1994? Should we leave? If I ever tell you that I have known the name of angels in glory, leave the service. Or, or how about you said that there's not a trinity, there's not three persons in the trinity, but nine. Should we, should we continue with you? He said that, by the way. If I ever tell you I can take you to heaven with me to visit Jesus, leave the service. Yet some, please forgive me, simple-minded people. Have- oh, wow. He's going after the folks who followed this whole Lakeland revival thing. He just called them simple-minded. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. I've sat in meetings and listened to such nonsense. Of people telling him they have visited heaven and gone and talked to Abraham and had coffee with him. Well, that would be Todd Bentley, Patricia King, John Crowder, and that gang. The whole extreme prophetic group. So this is Benny Hinn coming after them with a vengeance. No wonder Patricia King sounded so flat when we played that video the other day. Where is it in the Bible? Right. Yeah, that's a good, good question. Paul the apostle went to heaven and wouldn't dare talk about it. Okay, that's all right. So, so far, you know, um, liking what Benny's saying here, he's giving us good, good biblical insight regarding deception and false signs and wonders. But that's really not the rub here. Here, here comes the rub. The signs and wonders can be dangerous when people believe a lie, when they dismiss the truth of God's word and believe things they hear just because somebody says. Oh yeah, this sorry. This is part two, and part two they kind of back it up a little bit. It's worth it's worth hearing again, though. I have a I I have a healing ministry. I I I have a ministry of the signs and wonders or the miraculous. The supernatural does not prove or determine truth. It's the other way around. What is that man preaching? What kind of truth does he know? If I ever stood... So there you go. All right. Let's let's, uh, get to the punchline here. ...that I have known the name of angels in glory. Leave the service. 
Sorry for the redundancy here, folks. If I ever tell you I can take you to heaven with me to visit Jesus, leave the service. Yet some, please forgive me, simple-minded people have sat in meetings and listened to such nonsense of people telling them they have visited heaven and gone and talked to Abraham and had coffee with him. Where is it in the Bible? Right. He actually looks mad. He, he, yeah, this, the, I mean, all of his physical body language here is somebody who's pretty darn exasperated and fed up. Paul, the apostle went to heaven and wouldn't dare talk about it. He said, I saw things I cannot talk about. Amen. And only shared those things because he was, he was pressured to prove his office as the apostle. He was, he, was, he was accused by Judaizers in Galatia that he was not a true man of God. And finally he was forced to tell him, I've been to the third heaven and I cannot tell you what I saw. Yet these people seem to come back and write books about it. Be careful. <laughs> Benny Hinn telling us to be careful about deception. Oh, wow. The word of God is our foundation. If it did not happen in the word of God, don't get near it. Amen. Amen. That excludes you. And the people said, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9, 10, 11 says, Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders. These are called lying signs and wonders. Brother, there, there is such a thing as signs and wonders produced by a lie. Right on. I agree. And those that would explain your ministry, Benny, because you're a false prophet. People getting healed... People falling under the power because of a... You know, there was an entire expose done by, like, Nightline or one of those news, those late-night news shows that showed that his, his Benny Hinn's healing ministry was a complete sham. Behind-the-scenes stuff. Complete sham. Lie not because of truth. I'm telling you, I, I've really had to ask the Lord if I should really teach on this tonight. Because I am fed up with it. Yeah, yeah, he's fed up. Why is he fed up? <laughs> I'm seeing enough on Christian television even that I'm fed up with. Just because it's Christian TV, it doesn't mean it's God. <laughs> what do you do with this? I, I don't know. Has Benny Hinn seen the light? Is he going to stop with his charlatan ways? May I say it again? Please. Just because it's aired on Christian television, it does not mean it's God. This is the craziest thing I I I, I tell you. I is Benny Hinn the next Walter Martin? 
I'm sorry to be so blunt. I think sometimes they air those things to get an offering. No. Like, you've never done that, Benny. I'm sick and tired of it. Quit using the airwaves with a lie to raise money. Please practice what you're preaching here, Pastor Benny. Yeah, please. Enough of it. I, I, I agree. Enough. If you don't like me after tonight, I'll pray for you. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. One more time. 10 and 11. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying Stop wonders. Stop a minute and slow down. All power. The devil is able to display such power that the word of God declares it will look like the power of God. Wouldn't that characterize the entire TBN ministry? Oh <clears throat> All power. All power. And lying signs and wonders. Well, like when you claim that you've healed somebody and they haven't been healed. Like they, they, you declare them healed of cancer and they die a week later, right? Because that's happened with him. Else. And with all deceivableness. Yeah, that's deception, brother. Right. Of, a right. of unrighteousness in them that perish. Because they receive not the love of the truth. Truth, that's it. You see, when they lack truth, they'll believe a lie. They don't want the knowledge of the truth. They don't love it. Read that last portion there. He's actually doing a pretty good job of exegeting. I I don't even think Rick Warren preaches this much passage mm -hmm. of Scripture, you know. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm strangely finding myself agreeing with Benny Hinn. Hmm. I, 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 maybe I need to quit my job. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth. That's it. They have refused the love of the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. They just want to be, they just want to feel good. L let, me, let me feel this anointing. I want the anointing because I feel a high. Don't you dare insult the Holy Ghost like that. <laughs> He's right. Oh, man. He's not here to give you a high. I agree. Yes, yes. Go get him, Benny. He's here to bring you to the cross of Jesus in brokenness. <laughs> I agree. What is go What has happened? Something's not right here. Repentance. <laughs> we are not seeking a high. We are seeking Jesus. Not some high feeling. He's going after the token the Holy Ghost guys here. Mm -hmm. All right. What else does, does it say? Reread that verse. Because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion. Now, this is what's going to happen in the future in the last days. I have news for you. Some of it is happening already. Uh, yeah, and uh, you've kind of been the harbinger of that. Weird. Now, precious people, please hear this. 
There are such things as lying signs and wonders. Yes, and it's been well documented that you are one of the major contributors, contributors creators of false signs and wonders. Signs and wonders that deceive those who do not know the truth of God's word. Yep. If there is no foundation, if there is no truth in their life, look, I read the Bible every day of my life for one reason. Uh -huh. The Bible says, I have hid thy word in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. The word of God is our protection. People begin to drift away from the Lord when they neglect the Word of God. Has he been listening to my show? What is this? I don't know, man. This is this is something completely different. <laughs> I have I have I fallen into the rabbit hole. <laughs> what has happened? We're in a parallel dimension. This is not. Who who, who stole Benny Hinn? What's going on here? Where'd Benny Hinn go? <laughs> when I was a kid, what was the line that uh, they used on that one show? What you talking about, Willis? What's going on here? Something's, something ain't right. And their knowledge of the truth is so lacking that they believe anything that comes out. Well, yes, and you've kind of set the stage up for that, Benny. Make sure the word of God enriches your heart every single day read it for yourself amen feed upon it yourself amen if you don't eat food you'll die amen what is going on this is this is awkward i'm just this is weird i am I'm agreeing with Benny Hinn. You don't have to die with cancer. What? You don't have to die with any disease. You just oh, okay. <laughs> just stop eating and you'll die. If you do not nourish your physical body, you will die. Oh yeah, I agree. Oh, man, I thought he was going to go, you know, divine health and wealth, and he's still making such great points and pointing people to God's word and to the cross and repentance and brokenness and scripture. And and scripture. What am I, what? what is going on? <laughs> well, how much more your spirit? If we do not feed our inner man, our inner man will die. The people are looking at him like he's punched them in the face. The, the people in the crowd are looking at him like with their jaws on the floor. Just as much as I, I just, what has happened here? Quit neglecting the word of God. Quit neglecting his precious truth. Notice there's not a lot of applause and amens going on. People are kind of looking at him like, huh? <laughs> and quit rushing through it because you're busy. How do you expect God to feed you when you're rushing through his word? No, my friend, it's time to slowly, carefully enjoy the Word of God 
in the morning when your head is still clear. Get up a little earlier. Go take a shower and come back and sit down and just enjoy reading his precious word. Your day will change. You'll feel like a mighty man of God and a mighty woman of God. But the lack of truth is dangerous. <laughs> I'm telling you, the peop- the, they, they show the audience, uh, they, they, you know, they cut to the audience in this video, and, and people are looking at him like, huh? <laughs> what? I'm... <laughs> I, I, I think I need to quit my job. I need to stop this radio. I mean, it's all. It, Benny Hinn is now a, an advocate for truth. truth, discernment, the cross, repentance, faith, not false signs and wonders to get an offering. Huh? Now, John eight thirty two. Signs and wonders do not guarantee truth. Uh-huh. I'm giving you the word of God here. John 8.32. Please read that for me, Mr. Brock. Remember what we just read in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9 to 11. It says, lying signs and wonders. Yeah. Because they know not the truth nor love it. Yeah. They go for this nonsense. But John 8.32 clearly states, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. That's it. Well, there it is. The signs. Benny Hinn preaching against the uh, Token the Holy Ghost crowd and the Todd Bentley uh, Circus Revival in Lakeland, Florida, and making the biblical case that signs and wonders could be lying signs and wonders. And this entire time, I'm thinking, I'm agreeing with Benny Benny Hinn. Now, why is he doing this? Now, because I'm going to tell you this, there's there's only two options. Okay, let me give you the two options. Option number one, God, the Holy Spirit, the real one, has gotten a hold of Benny Hinn and rattled his cage and shooken him to his bones. Shooken? Is that a word? Shaken. Shaken. Shaken him to his bones and brought him to the cross in repentance. That's one of the options here. And what is he doing? He's now preaching the truth. Now, I don't want to sound pessimistic, but I don't necessarily, I'm not 100% convinced, not even even close to it, convinced that Benny Hinn has really turned the corner here. Okay? The proof is going to be in the pudding. Will he continue his false signs and wonders healing revivals across the world, abandon the prosperity gospel and its false claims? Will he? Okay, we've already established he's a false prophet. Or option number two. Option number two requires you to think like the Sopranos. Okay? Okay. Here's the deal. When it comes to heresy land, which is what TBN is, there's two competing television networks. You have the, the, the Total Blasphemy Network, TBN, and you have this other one called God TV. Mm-hmm. Okay? This whole Lakeland, Florida, Todd Bentley outpouring thing occurred on god tv it got all the press it got all the coverage it got all the you know and there were people that were flying from all over the world to participate and become a part of this so-called florida outpouring you know this this lakeland revival right what does that mean well tbn probably took a pretty big financial hit 
Okay, TBN, I hate to say it, they're old school now when it comes to signs and wonders. Todd Bentley, he's new school. He's the new fresh thing. So here we've got the old mafia boss himself, Benny Hinn, basically saying he's fed up and he's upset at the simple-mindedness of this thing. And what is he basically saying? I can't believe that anyone would be so stupid and so simple-minded to believe that those are real signs and wonders. Mm -hmm. Uh, But nothing that he's done is real either. So what is this? This is a hit job against God TV and Patricia King and Todd Bentley and the new glory school people that have taken over God TV. This is basically him using scripture, a good sound biblical argument against the people on God TV, but he's not applying it to himself. So I don't know which it is, but I'm going to tell you right now, I would be shocked if God's really gotten a hold of Benny Hinn and he's he's turned over, he's basically repented and decided to uh, fly straight with God's word. But this is the most truth I've ever heard this man speak in any consistently consistent length whatsoever, yeah. to, to the point where I'm on the floor and I I don't even want to put this on the internet because I'm I'm now going to be on the record as saying that I was in agreement with something that Benny Hinn said. Ah! <laughs> freak out (laughs) oh man (sighs) would love to get your opinion on this folks if you (laughs) like to sound off and tell me what you thought of what you heard uh, Benny Hinn say why do you think he's going after why did he preach this lesson email me talkback at fightingforthefaith.com it's talkback at fightingforthefaith.com I'm going to go shower. Until next week, God bless you.